Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Today, my guest is Francis McQuaid. He is running for the district attorney's office here in Nassau County. He is running on the Republican and the Libertarian line. See, New York State has this weird thing called fusion voting for those of you who don't know. That means that you could run with your party and other third parties on their lines. You could run on multiple lines. It doesn't matter. You could be the Republican, the Democrat, the Independent, just be one person running, which is pretty corrupt in itself, but it's a way for the third parties to stay alive here. Well, guess what? The Libertarian Party did it without that last year with their candidate, uh, Larry Sharp. So uh, he's uh, running on the Republican and Libertarian line. He's a great, great candidate for district attorney. I was very impressed talking to him. He's very laid back. He has a great knowledge of the law. He's been on both sides. He's, he's, he's been a defense attorney. He's worked on immigration cases. He is perfect. He's exactly what the county should be looking for in a prosecutor. He has uh, pros- prosecutorial discretion. Um, for those of you who live in the county, believe me, you want this guy to be your district attorney. So without further ado, I want to give you the interview between myself and Francis McQuaid. All right, we are live. Uh, Francis Wade, District Attorney Candidate for Nassau County. How are you, sir? Very good. I'm fine, thanks. Thanks for joining me on American Liberty. Um, you grew up uh, in Nassau County your whole life? Yeah, You're yes, a lifelong sir. Uh, yeah, well, born, born in Brooklyn. Came over at five in uh, Love, Long Island. Have stayed here. Uh, my studies and my travels have taken me to different places, but I have returned uh, to Long Island each and every time and presently live in Long Beach for the last 30 years. And uh, you're a practicing attorney still, correct? Yes, I am. Okay. What what kind of uh, attorney work have you been doing? Tell us us a little bit about that. Well, criminal defense, uh, civil litigation. I would say what you call a general practice, uh, though with an emphasis on the criminal defense. I I do a fair amount of immigration and uh, international work as well. I have some special clients who uh, are advocates for human rights and regime changes in different parts of the uh, the world. Uh, those are some of the special clients that I enjoy much. Uh, but you'd say I have a good general practice, do civil rights work and uh, municipal work on behalf of uh, people in Long Beach as well. Wow, that sounds pretty. Uh, you, you've had a long career, a lot of experience, so that's good. You're running for district attorney here in Nassau County. Um, yes, I am. Usually, you know, what what brought you to that moment where you said, you know what, I really want to get involved and make a difference with the uh, with the district attorney office in Nassau? I was asked. Uh, the last time I ran for an office that I asked to run, I ran for the New York State Assembly in 2006. I was honored to have been asked to run for district attorney because I realized I was a compromised candidate someone that was independent of the party apparatus, by and large, never worked for the town or county, in all due respect to those that do. Uh, They knew that I was free of scandal, not having been involved in any of the apparatchik of uh, partisan politics over the years. And even though I had run for office before, I never depended on uh, county or municipal employment. Um, I've always been in private practice and have enjoyed it so. When I was asked, I was very honored because I realized that they saw something in me, even though I was never a prosecutor, but a certain vision, certain strength, certain maturity, which I think is needed in the office of district attorney. 
Now, this may be the last year of fusion voting in the state of New York. I know it's up on the bill up upstate in Albany. Um, you're running on more than just the Republican line. You're also running on the Libertarian line and the tax reform line. Yes, that that's correct? right. Tax okay. revolt line. Oh, tax revolt line. Um, somehow, Madeline Singus managed to secure a conservative line when she's not very conservative at all. Um, that shows how the county politics works here in Nassau. And uh, she back, she's been in office since 2015. Um, and one of the things that she did was go after a police officer in Raffle Center and try to indict him for felony assault when he was clearly defending himself. There was video of the entire incident. And he was later cleared, but she made it her mission to go after him. Under your administration as a district attorney, prior you know, to the evidence being fully reviewed, would you do anything like that? Or how would you handle something like that? Well, I think what we're talking about is a candidate's or elected official's predisposition towards certain government institutions. I was a police officer before I was in law. So I have experiential empathy, sympathy, or even more important, understanding on the life of a police officer, which obviously she was never a police officer. I believe that police officers have a heightened obligation and they're held to a stricter scrutiny. However, it's my belief that a certain people who are ideologically predisposed to be against police. Why? Because police control bad conduct. Police are important for the well-ordering of a society. A well-ordered society allows people to do personal initiative. A society that's out of control relies more and more on authoritarian rule and government. For some reason, there is a cause and effect between a so-called progressive being anti-police. I say cause and effect. I think there's an ideological underpinning in which conservatives and libertarians have more of a respect for the rule of law. My opponent receives Soros money. Mm -hmm. She receives money from AKD Media and Message, which is a very large so-called progressive uh, advocacy uh, agency. When I say money, I mean lots of money, tens of thousands of dollars. I would not take Soros money, not that I'd be offered it, but I wouldn't take it. Right. I would not take workers' family line because I don't correspond with many of their planks. I would have taken a Green Party endorsement because, in fact, I'm very environmentally proactive and I work very hard for issues and, practically speaking, on things that pertain to the natural environment. Why she took the Conservative Party line is more amazing than why they offered it. I understand why the chairman of the Conservative Party offers it because he's just involved in profiting off of what he considers hedging his bet. He's doing it just to weasel a few jobs with the conservative party. I expect that out of a partisan hack. 
I do not expect out of a district attorney to be so hypocritical to accept a party line in which she despises most of the conservative principles, in my opinion. It's hard to be progressive and accept money from progressives and then accept the party line. And it shows how how her cards are played. It shows that she's kind of got a little bit of phoniness to her that you got to worry, you know, when something comes up, what kind of decisions are going to get made? As a district attorney, you don't have anything to do with controlling what laws are passed or you're enforcing the laws that are on the books and working within the environment that you're given. Um, but there is some discretion. Okay. And, uh, there's also, right. And a lot of times I've seen, uh, especially with her case, she jumps ahead of the game. There was a second incident back in 2017 where where another police officer from a police department, she brought up on charges and then later dropped them because she realized she didn't have enough evidence to prosecute the case. So she has a history of bringing people to court without the proper sufficient amount of evidence and attempting prosecution and then failing. Um, how would you approach uh, some of these bigger cases involving with law enforcement and um, basically make sure that you have all the facts before going in front of the camera and degrading the police? You use the word degrading. Um... There were some uh, police officers, uh, superior officers, who were arrested in Hempstead a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, a few months ago. Um, and maybe they did something wrong. That will be for the courts to determine. But they did a perp walk. I don't like perp walks. Mm-hmm. In Hempstead, there's a lot of young men that don't like cops. Right. The last thing they need to see or we need to show are police officers in cuffs. Why she would do the police, uh, the perp walk, I think it's part of perhaps, as I call, an ideological underpinning, which is not sympathetic to police officers, which is generally more uh, found in the so-called progressive community. We're both partisan. I'm, I'm, I'm running on, on the Republican and Libertarian lines. She's running on the workers' family and Democrat. I understand party politics. But it's a cause and effect, at least for me. I happen to be a Republican and a Libertarian because I subscribe to those values. But what you had suggested, the district can't make the law. They prosecute the law as it is. There is discretion, though, on what to prosecute and when to prosecute. You can't make up the law, but you can certainly decide when is justice and the public interest best served by going forward or not. What are some examples? Well, to avoid terrible scandal uh, of elected officials, or perhaps because the officials held to a higher standard, you would either prosecute or not prosecute. What if someone has the next uh, criminal conviction would mean their deportation and they're otherwise you know, on their way to some sort of legalization of their status? This should always be prosecutorial discretion. That's not a novelty. That's not something devised by by the left wing. Prosecutorial discretion is well vested, and I believe well vested in, in English jurisprudence, American jurisprudence, and I think they should be a good exercise. I have confidence in the defense attorneys. I have confidence in the judges, and I would have confidence in the prosecutors working under me as district attorney. Now, Let's shift over to, because you mentioned immigration. 
Um, and Hempstead, both in the same sentence. Hempstead has a lot of Im immigrants that live in that community. They also have a lot of MS-13 gang violence spread out between Hempstead, going into Mineola in that district. They're starting to spread out. An issue that maybe uh, police officers and attor district attorneys uh, or ADAs would have to deal with would be getting people within the community to come out and speak. Um, there is a heavy immigration, possibly illegal immigrants within that community. But there's a, t there's a time where you need to extend a, an olive branch to stop the gang violence and say, listen, we're not here to send you back to your country. We're here to you know, help you. Because nine times out of 10, MS-13 attack people in their own community. They don't attack people outside their community. And they're the victims that need the most help. As yes. a district attorney, how would you approach helping the immigrants within those communities? Well, again, uh, uh, I run on... Uh, you know, the ideas I have, and I also run on the person who I am and what my background is. I'm uh, totally bilingual. I speak Spanish almost as well as uh, I speak English. Um, I studied abroad. I lived in the Dominican Republic for uh, uh, a length of time. Uh, my wife is from South America. My children, to that extent, are half Latino. So uh, I'm part of the community, which gives me both an understanding as well as an, as an empathy. If someone was to say, what are you going to do for the Spanish community? I would say nothing more than what I would do for any element of the community. If anything, I think a lot of the leadership of the Democrat Party, the progressive wing, and the actual Latino leadership community prefer to treat Latinos as second-class citizens incapable of aspiring to the same dreams and obtaining similar objectives that the rest of the community will find. Vietnamese, Chinese, Indians, whites, uh, multi-generational African-Americans, people who have been here. Why would we think Latinos are less capable? A lot of times it has to be control. Don't worry, you don't have to speak Spanish, you don't have to speak English. Well, the leadership does. It's a control thing. As long as this community are treated as second-class citizens and are kind of like handheld, instead of saying, take the next initiative, take a full piece of the pie instead of the crumbs, I think the community will languish. I do believe that there's a parameter of prosecutorial discretion, particularly for people who have shown good faith in trying to legalize a status. For instance, someone with temporary protective status has one DUI, is facing a second misdemeanor in which they would lose this legal status called temporary protected status. The person is youngish, mother or father of a few U.S. citizen children. I think the prosecutorial discretion is reasonable to say that it's almost like a double jeopardy. The next misdemeanor normally wouldn't be fatal to a citizen, but to this person in a delicate position, it would have an extraordinarily bad consequence. However, if we're talking about gang members I can sniff out a crime and criminals when I see it. We would be very strict. We would eradicate, under my administration, the MS-13 and the Calle Diez Yocho 
Crips and blood while we're at it. When I say we will, my police department, our police department will do their job and will get the support. Hey, you know, you can't, the district attorney can't take credit for an historic low crime rate, the lowest since 1966. Some part, thanks to Dennis Dillon, thanks to Kathleen Wright, thanks to Madeline, but mostly, let's admit it, thanks to a changing demographic where people don't commit the same number of crimes and a police department that's well-equipped, motivated, and well-paid. So I always give the credit to the police as far as the low crime rate. But as far as setting the agenda, even though I have this innate sensitivity to the Latino community and people who are coming from different traditions, the Latin American, the Central American gangs are in my crosshair. That's for sure. And, and they have a violent record and they intimidate the, the people that live within that community. Yeah, so, and, I, and I ain't scared. And um, the district attorney has resources. I was reading uh, an article that Newsday reported that Nassau police need 60 new detectives to combat the gang violence. Um, the district attorney's office has detectives that work directly for them, separate from the county detective squad. Um, would you be open to increasing the amount of detectives that work with for the district attorney's office to help combat that violence, that gang yeah, violence? Yes, I would. I think that that's of a, a, a particular urgency in which I would redeploy detectives there. On my campaign stump, sometimes I use the word of crime du jour. I don't want to be uh, uh, minimizing serious uh, social crimes such as DUI, domestic abuse, um, uh, animal cruelties. However, there is a certain pulse that even the district attorney may feel that comes through the Senate, that comes through the legislature, the crime du jour, the public is particularly annoyed over one type of crime or other. There's a sensational tragedy on the road or in a household or uh, in a dog pit or what have you. <clears throat> what happens is all of a sudden, personnel's redeployed for these specific crimes. We can't take our eye off the prize. When you got gang violence going on, you have to be proportionate in where you deploy limited resources. I spoke with John Wakehouse, the, uh, the detectives union. I know they're about 68 short. Uh, there should be at least a compromise to, to, to meet them halfway. Um, but interestingly enough, and I never want to be duplicitous, a lot of these special programs of the district attorney's office is funded by asset forfeiture. As a libertarian, I'm actually against a wide use of asset forfeiture. It's not just me. The Supreme Court uh, in February, in the case of Tim's versus Indiana, put certain restrictions on where you can just seize assets uh, to use within the system. In this case, the district attorney, they say for rehabilitation. Well, right. I don't know what they use it for. But if you're caught, you're arrested for $200 worth of weed, and then they seize $40,000 worth of your Escalade, your computers, and, and property, I think it's disproportionate. It's government taking the property. And I'm not a great fan of asset forfeiture 
even if it means it doesn't fund certain programs of the district attorney. Budget correctly, and you won't have to uh, live off right. the backs of uh, the people you arrest. That creates a conflict of interest, in my opinion. You're motivated to arrest more so right. that you can take more. And it's not just the progressives that do that. Rudy Giuliani made a good living off of that when he uh, uh, did the, uh, the vehicle seizures for people who were yep. arrested before they were convicted. That's not how it works in the free system. Right. And a lot of times the people's property would be already be sold off before their court case is heard and they're found guilty. They get out of, you know, they beat their case, they get out, go to get their car and the car is gone. Right. It's like, wait, I won. How did I lose my car? The battery doesn't turn over or the, the ring is tarnished. Or <laughs> I got you. All right. All right. So uh, another case, um, the state Cuomo recently signed the decriminalization of marijuana. Uh, anything under two ounces, you cannot be prosecuted. It's just a violation. Um, he still did not go full legalization or possession, um, but he did offer to expunge some records with Nassau County as far as expunging the records of somebody who may have been uh, arrested, which is knocked down to this violation. Uh, how does the district, U.S. District Attorney, what would be your position with expunging records for uh, low-level marijuana users? Well, I'd be less inclined to expunge records because uh, when when people were convicted at the time, there was uh, a heightened sense of, uh, or there was a different sense of seriousness as far as the uh, selling of marijuana, what the uh, del deleterious effect of marijuana may or may not be. In other words, it was, uh, it's like eating fish on Friday for a Catholic in the 1940s. It was considered a serious sin, but it's not even on the, on the books now. Right. I eat words, fish every Friday. <laughs> yeah. In other words, there's a, there's a, there's a certain uh, malice and intention on violating the law when you know that there's a certain social consequence, a legal consequence. So I wouldn't necessarily be uh, gung-ho in expunging records. However, the legalization of small amounts of marijuana has never startled me. As a non-marijuana user, I don't have a dog in the fight, but uh, I would have to say that... Uh, it seems to me that uh, there's probably an inordinate amount of uh, prosecution uh, for people who are otherwise not disposed to be criminal. And uh, I don't really criticize, well, the legislature, not the governor. Uh, well, I guess they both get into the act. Uh, I don't criticize the Democrats in Albany necessarily towards legalizing marijuana, although they've retreated quite a bit because of public opinion. Uh, in one sense, it doesn't matter how I feel. I have to prosecute the law as it is. And uh, though, at the same time, I really despise mandatory sentencing obligations of the Senate. We have right. a judicial system. We have a legislative system. I don't need senators to tell me and my prosecutors, and my or and the judges, what the what the uh, uh, sentence should be. Right. Uh, that should be left up to the discretion of the district attorney what to try to. It's obviously dangerous when you uh, start to muddy the waters of uh, the branches of government. The Nassau Crime Lab. I just want to kick into that real quick. Uh, 2011, the Nassau Crime Lab had closed. Uh, it has recently opened up, I believe, as of June. Um, but 
still outsourcing $3.7 million for ballistics and trace testing. Trace and ballistics testing because there's no accreditation yet. Um, the accreditation for the ballistics and the uh, trace testing, when is that going to be complete? How would you speed that up? Because uh, I think that looks about a year to two years. You're spending a lot of money outsourcing. As a district attorney, how, how do you uh, rein in the spending? Well, not just the money, but uh, they lost a lot of cases because the chain of evidence isn't quite as uh, secure when you're mm -hmm. doing so much outsourcing. Um, I think it's unusual that 10 years should pass, or I'm sorry, eight years should pass uh, <clears throat> with uh, without the crime lab up and running. Um, I would be concerned that there's people who would be able to, uh, I, I think there should be a, for us, a, a, a bureau of those who are really particularly, in other words, I would establish a bureau uh, to, to man the crime lab, those who are really steeped in the cutting edge technology in forensic uh, uh, investigation. I don't know if the personnel's there uh, when we say up and running, probably has something to do with money. But I think right. it also has to do is, is is the staffing there, and it, it probably is not. So I would go, uh, rather than begging around for money, I'll be the district attorney with a, uh, a, a, a county executive from a different party. Uh, so uh, I would hope that the funding is there, but uh, I would just uh, be sure that that personnel which is hired would include those who are able to uh, get the crime lab up and running. I, I, I think it was delinquent. I think it was uh, careless. Uh, I think it was a, a misguided priorities. It may have something to do with the prior district attorney aspiring for Congress uh, and uh, took her eyes off the prize. Let me say this. At my age, where I have plenty of gas in the tank, but I'm not looking to Congress or anywhere else. I'll be four to eight years as a good DA, and then I'll retire. I'll bring principle and value, fairness and toughness back. I'm not interested in Congress. I'm not an ideologue, and I don't work for the party. I respect both parties, one more than others, that's why I'm a member of that party. But the district attorney cannot be a stepping stone, although it frequently is. It's right. a possible position, not my bag. I'll be the best district attorney since Dennis Dillon. But what happened with Kathleen Rice, how she leapfrogged from the district attorney to Congress, uh, and then her protege, which incidentally, she's given generous money to Madeline, which possibly is in violation of New York State Bar Association Opinion 683, uh, which bars that sort of cooperation between a district attorney and one of the prosecutors as far as funding. Mm -hmm. I think it actually goes the prosecutor can't fund the campaign of a supervisor. It may be okay, vice versa. That's why I say it, it may be in violation but it certainly smells bad, uh, this cabal. Um, I've never been a prosecutor because you can't be a prosecutor unless you're hired. 
two-thirds of Madeline's uh, hirings are female. So immediately I'm, uh, uh, I'm in the back of the line. And also I never wanted to be a prosecutor. As a police officer, I know where crime starts. I did pastoral work for six years before going into law. I know how to meet people halfway. I have a heart. And as a lawyer, I know where crime ends. Mm. What does the law say? What is the weight of the evidence? I know oh. all the angles. Perhaps only a prosecutor, you only know one angle. Mm. She's very, uh, I guess, tunnel vision. You have a lot more experience and a broadened sense from different angles. You, Like you said, you meet halfway. Um, so I have a question for you uh, regarding familial DNA testing. It's something that uh, has been talked about upstate in Albany. Um, the use of relatives' DNA to provide a match to DNA recovered from a scene. Uh, expanding the parameters and using the databases of DNA that's on file. You kind of get into some murky waters uh, regarding constitutionality, uh, using other people's DNA from inside the system, uh, other relatives to try to make a match. H how do you approach the familial DNA testing as a uh, district attorney? I don't think it's uh, murky waters at all. It's crystal clear. I would be so against it. It's practically, it's, it's scientific hearsay mm. when you think of it. Right. It's the evidence of someone else. I understand the probability of siblings uh, uh, you know, being very closely uh, uh, close in, in their genetic composition. But I think it opens up a real slippery slope of, uh, of government intervention. And when I heard of the growth of this uh, technology and that it would be employed as uh, admissible evidence, uh, I'm very, I, I believe there's some very strong, crystal clear constitutional challenges. And uh, I would not actively court that. As a matter of fact, I won't even get my DNA tested to see what, what European background I have, because uh, I'm an American. I know I have a, an Italian mug and an Irish handle, so that's close enough. <laughs> but the uh, uh, I wouldn't do it because uh, I wouldn't leave uh, uh, genetic fingerprints around for uh, some future use of the overreaching government. And if they would show just some goodwill once in a while, I wouldn't be so suspicious of what government could use uh, when they get data much less genetic samplings. So the family DNA, I think it's, uh, first of all, I don't think it's a perfect solution. Uh, I think this is enough of a uh, possibility of incorrect conclusions. Um, and, uh, but I just think it, 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 it takes it a step farther on, uh, uh, than where I would wanna go on procuring evidence. It's a question of uh, civil liberties and it's also a question, remarkably, of pitting families. It just sounds a little bit Orwellian to me. Uh, that may change over time, but that's my opinion right now. And, and you know, something that anybody who's listening needs to keep in mind, when you go for that uh, DNA testing from uh, those uh, 23andMe and all, and uh, who's to say that you can't get subpoenaed to you know, have those companies turn over your DNA in a case, you know, that's something that, the prosecutors may try to do in the future is go after those private companies that you send in your DNA to to get a sample. And Kevin, don't say 
don't say that too loud because they may uh, they may hear you and say, hey, that's a good idea. We never thought of that one. <laughs> so uh, before we wrap up, uh, talk about your opponent, why she is the wrong opponent, that Madeline Singus, and why you're the right opponent, uh, why you're the right district attorney for the county of Nassau, why she is bad, and why you are the, the perfect candidate. Madeline Singus is an even t- even-tempered, uh, uh, very very nice person uh she is ladylike in the best sense of the word uh she is a a strong individual who obviously has great experience as a prosecutor and i don't diminish that for a minute i intend to have a nice clean race with uh madeline uh our debates will be respected she's not the right choice because she takes soros money she's ideologically driven and she's necessarily joined at the hip with her party. She does not have the independence that I have. Uh, and so therefore, I think that her judgments can be compromised on ideological basis, not character basis, but ideological basis and partisan basis. Uh, I believe that she lacks the vision. Get with the 21st century. There are changes in criminal justice. You can't just complain about it, Madeline. You have to either own it because it's your party that's passing down all these changes, allowing felons to be on juries, early release for felons, cashless bail. Own it, Madeline, or death it. One or the other. Uh, I don't think she's capable because of her partisan connections. And one of the advantages of uh, not having been embedded uh, to the county, town, or state for employment is that uh, I can think independently. And I do give credit to uh, Chairman uh, Tarnoff and Chairman uh, Cairo for recognizing that, that they're not getting a uh, political wonk. They're getting a man who uh, is independent, tough, and fair. Uh, she may be uh, tough, maybe she's fair, but uh, the part on independence, I worry. What does that mean about political corruption investigations? How objective will they be? She swung and missed on Schneiderman. She swung and missed on Schneerman. She hit a home run with Vendetto. Uh, Gee, what's the, uh, what does each one have in common or not in common? Party? Uh, I would prosecute regardless of party. Uh, If there's evidence of crime, I would investigate. If there's sufficient reasonable uh, uh, belief, I would indict. And if there's sufficient weight of evidence, I would convict. uh, Or the judge will convict, and I would go for conviction. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure she would have to convince me otherwise if she has that sort of independence. So perhaps that's the reason why I believe I'm the better choice. Vision and independence, as well as competency. I could hold my own, Maddie. Um, how do people get involved with your campaign? Volunteer, donate. Do uh, you have any events coming up that you want to let everybody know? How do they follow you? Keep up the yeah, date with sure everything you do. Uh, on August 8th, we have a great party in Long Beach. It's going to be at the Jetty. Uh, it's a fundraiser, but it's popularly priced. You get in for less than a C note, $85. Uh, great party. Long Beach Great Party is redundant. Never in Long Beach, you got to have a good time. 
I have a campaign headquarters in Long Beach, and we're always taking volunteers, ranging anywhere from doing FOIL requests, investigating cases, uh, uh, writing position papers, all the way to distributions, lawn signs. There is no job too small or too complicated that I don't value the assistance of volunteers. And uh, we hope that those who would support my candidacy uh, will call us, look us up on our social media. Uh, we have a dedicated phone number to the campaign headquarters, uh, a Facebook page that's uh, always putting something new and uh, see me on the street. I'm trying to visit as many communities as I can. So I highly support your run. I'm a big fan. I encourage all my listeners of the show who do live in Nassau County and do live in the area. And even if you're one of my listeners from the West Coast to donate, hey, you can help out by donating. He's a great candidate. I uh, fully endorse him. I hope and support him in his campaign run. And I would advocate to help out and contribute any way you can. So thank you very much for coming on. And I just want to remind everybody, if you're watching this episode on YouTube, hit the subscribe button so you get the alert for all the new episodes that come out. And if you follow us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, any of those platforms, please sponsor by just hitting the subscribe button. This is a free show. It doesn't cost you nothing to listen. And I want to thank uh, Francis McQuaid um, for joining me today and uh, discussing his campaign. And uh, good luck to you, sir. I hope uh, you are victorious. Thank you for having me. Thank you, sir. And I will talk to you soon.